This is uh, The Reality Check. My name is Nigel Booth, The Reality Coach, and it is the 30th of June, halfway through the year. But welcome, and as you know as our regular listeners, what we're here to do is to be paying it forward. And we're paying it forward today with an amazing guest who is a business psychologist. But before we come to her, I'm going to go to the man in the chair himself the dude how's it going my friend i'm doing great thank you nigel excellent so last week you were here on your own as i, I was off sunning myself how did it go yeah i well i think it i think it went quite well i was a bit nervous at first to be honest like you know being left to uh to run the show on on my own but then i didn't do it on my own I, as everybody now knows i brought my wife with me because that's course. what you do when you get worried about stuff you go do you want to come on the radio <laughs> with me so it's not just me talking to myself <laughs> that's right well i listened whilst i was over in cyprus oh, yeah. and uh, I I thought it was excellent mm. and, and in fact I, I thought the the content of talking about a tribe yeah that's exactly what we're doing here we're yeah. trying to build that tribe or family of everybody sort of putting in their little bits of energy together and supporting each other yeah no it was good well yeah so that's uh, good. I, yeah i think we did you proud then hopefully i think you did yourself proud if i'm being mm. honest with you because it's it's the content for me was something that I, I, we want to carry on with yeah definitely. And i know in a couple of weeks time I, i'm, I'm going to be talking to you about our tribe mm. you know um on our tribe we, we you know our newest member uh, of our family and our tribe is alexandra walker now alexandra is a business psychologist and and she's also given me permission as everybody does calls her alex so alex welcome to the reality check and how are you i am well thank you for having me you're very very welcome now i am fascinated with the title of business psychologist because what we do here on the reality check it is split down the middle between a, a professional and personal and we know that in a business sense and, and glenn is the is the guy that sort of takes that side on a lot we know that a lot of people in business, particular SMEs, you know, small to medium enterprises, you can get a lot of stress. You're doing a lot of work on your own. So I'm really interested in to hear what it is that you do. So first and foremost, just, just explain to all listeners who it is that you are and what it is that you do. So um, business psychology. So I, I was one of those people who wanted to be a psychologist, mm -hmm. but failed my A-levels. Okay. And ended up going into business. Oh, right. And then quite quickly realised after my kind of HR degree that there actually psychology was really quite important in business. So mm. later on, went back, did psychology, did my master's um, and feel like my passion is making workplaces happy, happier. Yeah. But not to be, you know, for, to, for fluffy kind of, you know, cute reasons, yeah, yeah. but actually because research shows that that makes better businesses. Absolutely. And it is the truth, isn't it? Because when you think about business, and particularly if you're starting up a business, generally speaking, I don't want to be sort of say that every time, but most times it comes from passion. You know, somebody has this, yeah. this concept and, you know, this is not a work, you know, this is my passion. And then all of a sudden they get into the throes of it and that passion sort of diminishes. And before yeah. you know it, it's, you're just on the slog. You know, and it's just there day after day after day. And I think that I've loved what you just said and, you know, making the workplace happier. Yeah. Because, you know, it doesn't take a, a genius uh, to, to work out that when you're in a happy environment, of course, productivity is so much better, you know. Absolutely. And you know, some of the research shows that without that level of, you know, without that engagement, you also don't get creativity, innovation, mm -hmm. all the stuff that comes before productivity. And you know the way, the way we work is that we see it as holistic. So there's lots of things that are involved in that, 
and one of them is things like ways of working things like processes so when in that slog you know some of the things we we talk to people about is things like you know if you changed your processes that might mm-hmm. help your people and your customers actually your people are happier your customers are happier and yeah, you've probably yeah. just taken a load of cost out wow. so you know for us it's it's much bigger than you know engagement is, is a big word and mm. there's lots of different facets to it that maybe we'll talk about today of course and the company you work for is flint change yes and how long have you been working with flint change so uh we set up flint in 2014 and um that was uh, as a result of I had a young family. I had a wonderful corporate job. It was literally the best job in the world. So is this your company? It is, yes. (laughs) Right, well, I tell you what, let's just take a quick break there because you sneak that one in there. Welcome back. This is The Reality Check. And we have got Alex Walker in, who is a business psychologist. And we've just been discussing about Flint Change. And we've just sort of recognized that this is your company. And you set this up in 2014? I did. So before we go any further, why did you set it up as a business? So I had spent lots of time in corporate life, um, primarily in HR, Mm -hmm. um, and subsequently in a customer experience director role. And I learned in that time how to create, I think, tangible change. And that was about how you genuinely engaged your employees, not send an email or do a roadshow or have a fruit bowl this week and talk about well-being, but in a genuine way that allowed each individual to understand the part that they played mm-hmm. in creating that change yeah, yeah. In, in the organisation or in delivering the strategy or you know whatever that point is. And most consultancies at the time were quite conceptual in the way that they, de- they deal with culture change. Mm-hmm. It has to be led from the top, which of course we all know is true. We need an operating model. I get all of that, but actually what I think I learned in my career was that there is real tangible change at an employee level. And if you can get those employees to genuinely get what you're doing and to buy in in a different way by doing something different every single day, absolutely. then subsequently that is really where we saw results. And so Flint was about a very pragmatic, practical way of helping businesses engage their people to deliver what they needed them to do. Wow, wow. And how's it going? We love it. Yeah, you and can I feel see very it. privileged and, and can, very lucky. Not only can I see it in your face, I can hear it in your voice and the energy that you give off about this. So what kind of businesses do you work with? So um, our we love working with SMEs yep. because... Um, because to your point at the beginning they're they're passionate and they're interested and they want to grow and actually they're they're quite challenged in the environment that we have at the moment right and um they're they're also the ones that you can influence so you know you can see see results and you can see it quickly quickly yeah um so a couple of the organizations we're working with at the moment we're working with two trading organizations which is a fascinating story whether that's for today or another day but let me tell you creating culture change in an environment where individuals are ultimately paid quite a lot of money to create an individual outcome and trying to then move to perhaps a more collaborative culture has just been one of the most wonderful challenges that that we've had in Flint and we've loved it. Um, We're working equally with a not-for-profit organisation who are um, about ethical trading. Um, We've done work with the NHS, uh, with the Open University, with Nationwide Car Repair, all different types of organisations. And and, and just for our listeners, and and I know that we keep jumping into the the sort of SME, but just for our listeners, what is an SME? For us, it's uh, probably got less than 250 employees. Okay. um, And, you know, the, the... 
the turnover isn't huge for us because obviously a trading organization has a very different turnover to the not-for-profit ethical trading organization but it's um it's likely to have less than 250 employees that, that's our definition yeah yeah and so do you also work with like sole traders we tend to work less with small traders but we work with high growth startups um okay. on occasion who um some of whom have got they started really clear on their culture really clear on their values really clear on what they want to achieve and they've grown and they've grown quickly and all of a sudden the culture that they had a really clear hold on starts to sort of slightly Mm, fizzle away yeah as everybody starts to um you you know go into growth Mm. and so we work with those guys to be able to be clear on how they're going to hold on to that as they grow because it's quite strange Excuse me. It's quite strange, really, you know, because it's it's so very clear to see for everybody, isn't it? That we get into the setting up of the business. It's exciting, you know, and you've, you've got in your head what it is you want to do. But before you know it, if, if you're not careful, you can really find yourself unstuck. Welcome back. This is the Reality Check. And we're talking business today and the stresses and the, the, the situations and circumstances that, that a lot of people in business find themselves out. And we've got Alex in. Alex, um, I want to ask you the question, because there's going to be lots of our listeners there that are either thinking about setting up a business or they're in business and they're, they're sort of suffering and not being able to move forward. I think that the pandemic has just had a huge impact on so many different people. What are the big things that stop people from having fun and ha- having the life that they thought it was going to be when they were setting up a business? What do you find when you're, you're working with these businesses? We tend to find that people have a really clear vision in their head. Mm-hmm. Entrepreneurs have a, a really clear view of that that goal of where they want to get to. Yeah. But people, and, and, and I, f- I think it's the same in big, big, in big businesses too, they find it difficult sometimes to translate that really exciting goal mm-hmm. and the vision and their own passion into a, a, more, a, a more translatable and, and digestible plan for individuals who work for them to, to get right okay. and to move with it. So a lot of what we do is we take that strategy and we help translate it into almost individual objectives. And that actually sounds really boring in the way I've described it. And it's not that. It's about people understanding what the organization is trying to achieve and what part they have to play yeah, yeah. in order to get there so that they become part of the puzzle. They become engaged i use that word a lot aligned they become they become part of the process kind of invested in it as invested well, it? that's yeah. the right word yeah. and so and so once they've got that and they've got a clear view um of how to get there then it makes it much easier to take that team with you and then i think as as the entrepreneur as the business person they they start to realize that plan and they start to see it being delivered yeah you know and i it really, for me, because it, it kind of goes back to that, and I know it sounds very sort of 70s uh, or even possibly 60s, but it's power for the people, Yeah, you know, and I think that it is going back to that sort of notion that we've got all the answers, we've got all the skills that we need within this team, but it's how do we then get them translated and brought to the surface so that not only can we get the job done, what we need to get done, but we've got people then being passionate. You are so right. So we call it a dance floor. Okay. So when you're in your business, you create your dance floor and you draw out the sides of your dance floor and they're your boundaries. Yep. And once people understand the boundaries and the sides of the dance floor, we say to them, let your people onto the dance floor and let them dance how they like. Because yep. the boundaries are clear now. They yep. have their outcomes. They mm-hmm. have. Uh, they understand what we're trying to achieve. They can't go outside of those boundaries. But once they're in there, some people want to cha-cha-cha. Some people want to jive. 
Wow. Let them jive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because once they've got that clarity, we use that word a lot. And again, mm. it's, you know, sometimes I, I, I put it similar to the way I deal with my kids. You know, once you've got your boundaries, you've got your clarity, then we reinforce people who, who do brilliantly within that dance floor. Mm. And if people come outside of that dance floor and they don't deliver, then we have to provide some kind of consequence. So it's kind of that basic psychology. Of I course. Think, I think that's so important because I think a lot of companies make the mistake of not focusing. They'll focus on giving somebody the job to do. But then if they show signs outside of that, that are like things that they're passionate about or interested in, they'll be like, well, that's not your job. That Your job stops there. And that's Sandra's job over there. And it's like, it gets really... Strange when actually, if you empower people to do the things that they're passionate about and that they like doing, you'll get so much more out of them. And I think a good example of that was like Google, for example. I don't know whether they still do it, but they did a thing where for 20% of the week, yeah. you worked on projects that weren't set by Google. They were set by the employees, things that you were happy. And apparently that was how like Gmail came about. Someone created that. Absolutely. And, and like the Street View stuff. And some of those things came out of, they weren't actually from the top you know the boardroom table it was absolutely and empowerment is people are really scared managers feel really scared of empowerment but actually if you set that dance floor and you've translated that strategy into what in each individual needs to achieve and their outcomes actually to some extent there's a lot more control because you're able to review those outcomes review that work review that um, the work going on in the dance floor mm. that in fact gives you a lot more control of, of what that individual is doing and welcome back to the reality check and we're here with with alex talking about the way that businesses go through cultural change or, or variety of different changes in regards to as a business owner yourself yeah how do you keep on top of stuff because you know we're talking about you go out and you're helping all these other businesses you know to become happy i suppose of what you're saying and be more productive and yeah. creative how do you do that for yourselves? And how many people do you, is it you and... Uh, there's three of us. Three um, of we you. work with an associate network, but there's three of us who are, are the Flint team. Mm. Um, and we try and practice what we preach. Okay. So um, we have a set of values mm -hmm. um, that guide the way we work. So one of those values, for example, is that we will be straightforward with clients. So um, our... our just sort of general introductory product is, is a, a culture audit where we go in and listen to organizations we talk to employees we talk to the leadership team and we understand and we're very honest in our playback and sometimes that's tough for business owners absolutely so we have a set of values that's mm -hmm. the first thing um we meet regularly so we don't all live near each other and we meet uh, midway we meet in a yurt um, in a small shed mm. on a on the outskirts of a local garden center uh, um local to you here um, and we have the whole day and we review client projects. We think about, we talk about the value that we're adding. We talk about where we might need to be more honest with that client. We talk about um, our pipeline. We're really bad at that. We do not enough business development because we get so passionate about the clients we work with. So, um, uh, so that our plan, so we've set our plan just as we talked about earlier, and then we meet regularly to review it. And mm. we do that in line with our own values. They would be a couple of things. And again, I, I think I've got this right, and you know, you may be able to confirm it for me. I believe that from a business sense, 
this kind of intervention is is just growing hugely i think more and more business people are beginning to understand and i hear what you say and i completely agree there is that sort of uh, professional fear that we're going to empower our staff yeah and and you know they're either going to take over they're going to leave um you know or, or something mad's going to happen whereas the, the the reality of it is it's quite the opposite it is you can keep somebody happy creative and get excited and they can see a progression for themselves they're going to be at that extra mile all the time absolutely and you know in the market we're in right now people are happy to move um, we have a really interesting gen blend that's the new word different mm-hmm. generations who need different things okay. and our incoming generations are much less tolerant than my generation <laughs> was wow. and so employers have to kind of understand yep. that that intolerance and you know people are are less less prepared to not be creative not be challenged not be flexible mm. than they were in our generation so yeah. there's a real business need yeah. to 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 understand what employees need i think that's really important though as well to um to acknowledge those things as you are and you're helping your clients to do that because it's very easy to sort of go and particularly if you're of an older generation or you know it's different now to when it was in in when i was um starting out in employment and stuff but if you look back if you were about like 100 odd years or you know you look at people the conditions people worked in and accepted you know it's not any you ask anybody today and they'd be like that's not acceptable yeah mm. so it's no different it's just relative to your position it is. isn't it? it is and and, it, and and sometimes you have to be like you can it's easy to dismiss the younger generation yeah. and say well i just you know spend all their time on the phone and they're you know they've got no motivation but Absolutely. actually i think it's right for them to be standing up and challenging some of the more archaic kind of draconian work and the reality is they're voting with their feet if they don't like it so the only people impacted really are businesses Mm. Mm. it's amazing you know um there's one question i wanted to throw over to you because um uh, and and it is just a question but we're beginning to see uh, we're talking about changes Mm. one of the big changes that i think is phenomenal is that we're going to get we are getting so much more female leadership yeah. And I think that um, that is bringing in a whole new energy. Um, we were talking about female leadership, and yeah. we have seen an increase. You know, uh, I was going to say tenfold, but I think it's even probably more than that. Uh, but we've seen a huge impact that female leadership is beginning to have on businesses yeah. um, and other things. But well, what's your opinion of that? So I guess I'm going to pref- I'm going to precede my opinion with some evidence because okay. as a psychologist it's you know it's really important that we work on evidence-based information mm-hmm. and there is some great research that is worth a look in particular in FTSE 100 companies where a stronger level of female leadership at the top I- impacts results. Wow. So I think you know there is evidence that is emerging around this yeah. and that is is really important to say. Um, but I think you know for me we, we talked about it in one of the breaks, you know, celebrating difference mm. and, and about being able to bring one's whole self to work. That, you know, that's a bit, a lot about what we do. And having female leadership means that there is just a stronger level of empathy around a wider level of the workforce yeah, yeah. and around what, what, you know, women deal with. And again, that's research-based. So, you know, th- there is research to show that women deal with more of the home-based work. So, you know, by having female leadership, it brings us a higher level 
of understanding of more of the workforce. And that's the same with, with the whole of diversity and inclusion, right? We should have neurodiverse leaders. We should have leaders from, from all different types of backgrounds. You know, mm. it, it, there's this fabulous book called um, uh, Rebel Thinking, uh, Rebel Ideas, forgive me, by Matthew Syed. And he talks about the diversity of thinking. Mm. And so for me, it's, it is about diversity and it's about inclusion, but it's also just about bringing different thoughts to the organization because that's how we create challenge. Wow, 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 wow. Um, there's so many different questions I've got going through my head right now, but one of the questions that I, I wanted to ask you about was that you were talking earlier on about, um, before we came on to air, about the, the Ignite Change Audit. And for you, this was one of the, the most exciting things that you did new with the company. What, what happens with the, the Ignite Change Audit? So uh, we love uh, doing the, the Ignite Change Audit. So in a, in a nutshell, it's a listening exercise. Okay. So we go into organizations um, who want to understand what their culture feels like now. Mm -hmm. um, and we talk to their, their teams. Uh, I hate the term frontline, but, uh, but we talk to people who are talking to customers. We talk yeah. to people all across the organization. And we talk to leaders. Um, there's some surveys. There's some questions. And we um, put all of that together in a pretty robust report that um, has normally a, a number of recommendations that are ragged in its most basic form. So, you know, this is great. You need to build on it. Your, yeah. your people love it. This is um, some stuff that might need a bit of work. And this is bordering on toxic. You, you, wow. you, you need to listen. Yeah, you need to do yeah. something with it. And we play that back to the exec um, who can make a decision then to either run with those recommendations mm. themselves or or ask us to help them. Yeah, that sounds absolutely amazing. Now, th I know there's going to be lots of our listeners that are going to be wanting to go and, and, and research you, um, hear more about what you've got to talk about. Where can people go and see? Have you got a, a website that people can jump onto or LinkedIn or anything? We do. Um, LinkedIn is um, our best dialogue because we love, same as you, creating mm. a, a tribe and, and, and talking about this stuff. Um, so Flint Change on LinkedIn or www.flintchange.co.uk. Wow, wow, wow. Well, listen, I, I would like to say thank you so, so thank much for you. coming in. Um, we are going to and we, we are going to get you in to do a podcast so that we can just have this whole hour of just Fabulous. exploring different opportunities and ways forward. But uh, that kind of brings us to, to the end of today. Uh, so thank you, Alex. Um, I really, really appreciate your time coming in. And so for me, it's, it's all I can say to everybody out there. Have a fantastic day, what's left of it. And we'll catch you next week.